It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you, or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. No, Senator wishes to change the vote. If not, the yeas are 50, the days are 49, the bill as amended is passed. Keeper announces that that big, uh, what was it called? What do they call that bill? Let's see, wait a minute. It's got another name. It's the oh, American Rescue Plan. You have just been rescued. You didn't know that, but you have been rescued by the Senate Rep- the Democrats who have passed this bill 51 to 50. And uh, what is this bill? Let's see. Well, I'll just tell you, it's almost uh, $2 trillion. Uh, there's a trillion dollars in COVID relief that still hasn't been spent from the last bill. But, hey, you know, what difference does it make? They'll just keep printing money at the Treasury and the Democrats can keep giving money away, which is what they're doing because only 9% of this bill uh, goes for any kind of COVID relief. The rest of it, let's see, they're building, um, they want to build an underground rail between like San Francisco and Silicon Valley. Uh, They have this uh, bridge they want to build in New York and they're bailing out these states that are failing just like they bailed out Target, that was uh, their bottom line was going down uh, as a result of our um, boycott of Target. Their bottom line was suffering from that. But then comes COVID, and they are they're the chosen uh, company, uh, one of them, to remain open, and their profits went up ninety five percent. So now all these Democratic states and governors and people spending money like you know your money like drunken sailors they're going to be bailed out isn't that good and also uh, you have to know that the republicans tried mightily uh, to do what they could to take some bad things out and put some some uh, good things in one of the things that they tried but was rejected by the democrats is um sending stimulus checks uh, to prisoners and illegal immigrants but no 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 the democrats were not having that so there was no chance of stopping it bill cassidy ted cruz Tom Cotton all tried to do that, but no, no, no. The Dems weren't having that because this is, you know, the American rescue. This is rescuing all of us by giving all this money to, you know, all kinds of people. They also rejected an amendment to allow the construction of the Keystone Pipeline, and yet uh, Joe Biden is claiming this is going to create so many thousands of jobs. Lots of this money is going to public education, won't even be spent, I think, till 2023. But, you know, it's a, a rescue. It's a, it's a long rescue. If you're, you know, drowning, the rescue might take a couple of years. But, hey, listen, help is on the way, so not to worry. But that's the American Rescue Plan, this monster bill. That's what Liz Peake calls it. Uh, she says that um, Liz is a commentator for Fox, uh, and she basically, I thought she has a very good point. She thinks that uh, the reason that Biden would not budge uh, on the $1.9 trillion, they had to spend $1.9 trillion. They had to. Uh, even though some things were adjusted, they still spent, are spending all that money. And 
Liz speculates it's because the last stimulus bill for COVID was $1.8 trillion. They called it the CARES Act. It passed, by the way, in the Senate 96 to 0 because Republicans felt, and I remember these discussions because I was pretty appalled by it, but I, they finally persuaded me uh, that we had to step in and help people were really desperate. So I got that, and they passed it, and the money did actually go to people for COVID relief. But, you know, some people will get money. I think $1,400, that'll, that'll save you, right? That will be the rescue plan. You'll get $1,400, and meanwhile, all the friends of the Democrats, the teachers, uh, unions, the teachers who have not been really teaching and don't want to teach. Uh, I know I'm making a broad sweep, and I recognize there are teachers listening who don't feel this way, but allow me to make a broad sweep because I don't have time for subtleties. Uh, most of the teachers are happy to stay home and not teach, but they're going to get a ton of money. They are, they will be rewarded for their help in this. Uh, some people are pointing to Kristen Simina and Joe Manchin for you know trying to stop. Uh, they did stop the 15-minute Minimum wage, a little thing that was folded in there by Nancy Pelosi. What's wrong with $15 minimum wage? What's wrong with it, in short, is that small businesses cannot afford to hire lots of people at $15 minimum wage. Anybody been into McDonald's lately and seen those kiosks that are asking you to, you know, order by kiosk? Uh, And uh, uh, that means that there are far fewer actual people working in McDonald's because these businesses cannot possibly afford their bottom line will not they're not like there is a there's a, like a a level at which you cannot just pay everyone these huge amounts of money huge is not $15 but these are beginning workers this is supposed to be entry level it's not supposed to be a career for you uh so if that should have passed that would mean that thousands and thousands of people would have lost their jobs and uh, I so but so Kirsten Simmons, good for her. She stepped in to stop it, so did Joe Manchin. But not so much on this, you know, this for uh, to rescue America bill. Not so much. She and Joe, well, they did. They made some, you know, blustered a little bit, beat their chests, but they voted for it. So that's the kind of help the uh, Democrats who are, you know, get this praise give us. That means nothing, really. When a push comes to shove, they give nothing. So, all right, so that's... Um, that's what happened. I, I, it happened on Saturday, and, you know, the Senate had to work a long day. And so I, I, I wish I had time to play for you Schumer's clip of thanking everyone for their hard work. They put in all these hours. It's just grueling. You've earned it by the sweat of your brow. We've passed this great American rescue plan. We are coming to the rescue. So, okay, so not so much. All right, so that's that. But the most important now, I have other things I want to tell you that I think Oh, that's very important. They're bankrupting the economy. They're going to send us into a tailspin of inflation. You're already seeing the gas prices are going up. I heard predictions over the weekend that they'll likely go up to 7 and $8 a gallon, and you let that soak in. Those of you that live uh, in states like Texas where you have to drive long distances, Chicago too, where I used to live, we drove a long way to work. We didn't think a thing about it. Everything was 30, 45 minutes away. Um, you think about that for your bottom line, and that's what the Democrats, they're helping you. They're rescuing you, aren't they? That's great, isn't it? Joe Biden is just only thinking of you, and he's all over it, by the way. I forgot to play. I want to play this clip. He's all over it. Joe is all over it. He's that moderate who's all over it. I'll show you the command he has of this issue. This is clip 12. One more thing. The vast majority of economists, left, right, and center, from Wall Street to the to the 
private private uh, 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 economic uh, polling initiatives. The economists, as I said, left, right, and center, say, in addition to the needs the people have, we need okay. this to grow Sorry. the economy. Yes, we need it to grow the economy. <laughs> And to cause inflation and to tank the American economy. We're all in. We're all in. But we're only doing this for you, not for all of our friends who are going to get enriched. If you think this money that's going to the states, all this money to bail out these bad governments, is going to help you, oh, not so much. Uh, It might help. Let's see. I don't know about Cuomo since he's kind of under the gun right now. I don't know exactly, but trust me, that money is not going to go to the people the people, maybe the right people. It'll go to some people, but not all the people. Okay, so you get the point. I'm cynical. I am cynical, but I'm hopeful because I trust God. But I know that, you know, trusting God does not mean that lots of bad things aren't going to be happening here, and they are. So now I want to go to to the Senate where their hearing took place because the January 6th uh, incursion into the White House uh, is not going away. We're only going to hear more about it, and people will be so punished for this. And this is an area of tremendous concern for me because I know a lot of you and myself, I would have been there. Uh, I would have been there if uh, things had been different in our home on that day. Uh, but uh, I wasn't, and many of you went, and um, I'm I'm proud of you for that kind of courage. I'm going to talk about courage a little bit later. Uh, but now you're being accused of you know being insurrectionists and your all your privacy is being invaded, your phones, your uh, your records. If you bank with the Bank of America, it's just. It's horrendous what they're doing. Members of Congress are not um, are also being surveilled. It's just shocking, really. It is. Well, Ron Johnson is interviewing last week uh, uh, FBI counterterrorism official Jill Sandburn, and they have this exchange. Let's listen. How many firearms were uh, confiscated uh, in the Capitol or on Capitol grounds during that day? To my knowledge, we have not recovered any on that day from any other arrests at the scene at this point. But I don't want to speak on behalf of Metro and Capitol Police, okay. but to my knowledge, none. How, how many shots were fired that we know of? I believe the only shots that were fired were the ones that resulted in the death of the um, one lady. Yeah, the one lady named Ashley Babbitt. So no guns. Now, the reason why Ron Johnson, Johnson was asking that question, because the Democrats are calling it an armed insurrection. An armed insurrection, it was an armed insurrection on January 6th. Problem was nobody had guns. And the only shot that was fired was the one shot, shot uh, fired by Capitol Police to kill Ashley Babbitt, who was a, you know, a veteran of the armed forces. She was absolutely uh, doing something she should not have been doing, but she was not armed. And um, so that's the only gun, that's the only shot. Uh, out of the words of the counterterrorism official from the FBI, Jill Sanborn. And yet the left wants to call it an armed insurrection, worse than we've ever had, just as bad as 9-11. Uh, yeah. So um, so Ron Johnson, in an interview with the New York Times, says, uh, if uh, I would say if it's properly termed an armed insurrection, it was a pretty ragtag one. This didn't seem like an armed insurrection to me. When you hear the word armed, don't you think of firearms? So Johnson went on to say, if that was a planned arms insurrection, you really have a bunch of idiots. God bless Ron Johnson for just speaking plain truth. And so now then, you probably know that last week the House canceled scheduled votes because there was this great threat to the Capitol. They just knew 
this horrible stuff was going to happen. That's why, you know, it's walled off like uh, East and West Berlin. It is horrendous. It is, uh, it just is creepy to see what they are doing in the nation's capital. But they had to keep it up because March 4th, there was going to be this huge, you know, insurrection. And they had to keep it up because they wouldn't, um, they were going to have this big insurrection. That's what they told us. That they picked this stuff up online. That's why the um, National Guard had to stay. That's why the wall with the barbed wire had to stay because these horrible people, these white supremacists from the you know all over the country, were going to come into the Capitol and you know do something bad to us again inside the Capitol. They're after us. They're according to Mitch McConnell trying to destroy democracy when they were there uh, protesting over the election and encouraging members of Congress to look at the evidence. Just take a breath and look at the evidence. That's why people came. But uh, they, were, they were disrupting democracy, said Mitch McConnell, because they, they, tried to, they tried to stop us from doing this. Um, so that's the way it goes. All right, so I want to say a couple of things. Really important, I think. First of all, um, I want to say this. This is something practical that you can do. Mike Waller, my uh, counterterrorism friend who was with us uh, about a month ago, maybe three weeks, uh, about an article he had written. He was there on January 6th. Uh, He is, uh, because he's had so much experience with the left and so-called real insurrections in countries all over the world, he uh, did an expose of what he had uh, seen on that day. And we talked in great detail with Mike about that. Uh, and so Mike is doing a follow-up. They are actually collecting video from uh, January the 6th. They don't want video. They're not looking for video of inside the Capitol, people that did that, but video of what led up to it, like uh, meaning uh, the rally with President Trump. They're looking for even, as he said to me, boring video. So if you have something, if you have video from that day where you were just, you know, you were part of that part of that mass that went to support President Trump, would you send that to me and I'm going to forward it to him. So that's the idea, okay? And you can send it to Sandy at AFR.net, Sandy at AFR.net. They're collecting a body of evidence. The idea is to illustrate that the crowd was peaceful, happy. Uh, They were not there to, you know, armed and invade the Capitol for the purpose of, you know, insurrecting or trying to overthrow the government. So uh, if you have video that shows, you know, happy warriors out there, which is what was true from my perspective, we'd like to see that. I'll be right back. Maybe you've heard about MediShare and you know what it is. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance. But you've wondered, can I really save a significant amount of money on my monthly health care bills? And the answer is an emphatic, yes, you can. You could save a lot of money, whether it's just for you or for an entire family. MediShare has an option for you. In fact, the typical family saves $500 a month switching to MediShare. And it really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. You get free telehealth services. You get a huge network of doctors. You get great customer support. And you get the sense of security that comes from being a part of 400,000 people who share not just each other's medical bills, but purpose, too. MediShare is a community of Christians who pull together and pray for each other, which is very refreshing right now. If you want more info, it's so simple. You can get a price within two minutes. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. 
The following are real life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with Muse and Commentary Next. Virginia teachers, take the lead in education with up to 64% off your graduate degree at Liberty University. This year has forced you to innovate, adapt, overcome, and you've not only risen to the challenge, you've crushed it. Now help education emerge from this crisis stronger than ever with your MAT or MED degree. Our transfer-friendly degree programs are 100% online and start as low as $282 per credit hour. It's our thanks for all you do for our future. To learn more, text TEACHER to 49595. That's TEACHER to 49595. I am Todd. Todd I am. And I want to say something about the cancel culture mob. I do not like them, Todd I am. I would not like them here or there. I would not like them anywhere. The cancel culture mob is on the warpath. Dr. Seuss, the latest to feel their wrath. A racist, Seuss is not. But one fact is true. Banning books is something only Nazis do. It's a sorry affair that's left a pungent stench, stealing our joy like a Christmas Grinch. Will Horton be next or maybe the Who's? It's just a great big pile of cancel culture poo. But the mob won't stop with the cat in the hat. Recent history tells us that. One day soon, the mob will say, turn over your Bibles. You can no longer pray. So Dr. Seuss has gone away, censored by the fascist, I'm sad to say, a beloved author that's no way to treat. And to think it all started on Mulberry Street. I'm Todd Stearns. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Sandy Rios back with you. Let me come back and explain again. uh, Mike Waller is doing an investigation and others uh, just to kind of get the, the, uh, the read on who that crowd was and what they were like. Uh, that came to support President Trump on January 6th, not looking for video of uh, the the later, you know, uh, incursion into the Capitol, which uh, started, of course, before President Trump was even finished speaking. But videos that you might have of people around you when you were um, marching or standing in that crowd are we're looking for just plain people things. And it doesn't have to be exciting. At all, it's not a re- request. You know, it's not a requisite prerequisite. So, if you have something like that, could you send that to me? Could you send a link of that to me at, at sandy at afr.net, and I will make sure it gets to Mike. Uh, and uh, you will be doing. You know, you will be contributing to this investigation that he's doing. Uh, the the idea is just to to prove that the people were again peaceful, happy warriors. They were not there to arm themselves and attack the Capitol or go after. Uh, they were there to encourage senators and congressmen, senators, for doing to do the right thing. 
uh, but not not they were not there for wicked purposes. And I I think um, it won't be hard to prove that. And I think it's important because this is going to be coming up. They're go they're coming after all of us uh, with a vengeance, and uh, it's going to be you know when they get into full gear up mode here, it's going to be really bad. And so we we need to uh, fight back and defend ourselves in any way that we can. And that's what I want to help you do. Okay. So Matt Gates was on with uh, Maria Bartiroma uh, Sunday morning. And um, I tell you, Maria is the go-to show. Sunday Morning Futures, uh, I tape it, and I can't say enough about it for all of you. You want to know where you can get good information. She's still on Fox, and she she really does. I like Maria because she studies. Uh, She studies about the information. She's not just asking questions that some producer wrote for her. And so um, this is Matt Gates. Uh, responding to one of her questions. Let's listen. Well, in the 90s, we had the hunt for Red October as a popular Sean Connery movie. Now we have the hunt for the red MAGA hat with the FBI using every opportunity to try to delegitimize a movement that really exposed them. Your interview earlier with John Ratcliffe was particularly telling because it cut right to the bone. Members of Congress exposed the FBI and the Department of Justice for hiding evidence during the Russia hoax, for changing evidence before a secret court. And remember, these weren't just political appointees. You had the supposed career officials who are above reproach who ended up being involved in these improper actions. And so now you have what Senator Mike Lee has called an intolerable encroachment on the separation of powers with the FBI seizing phone records. And the New York Times just recently had to sheepishly report that there were no communications between members of Congress and any of the people who breached the Capitol. But that has not stopped the FBI from doing everything they can to try to target those who don't agree with their politics and who have exposed their own lies and corruption. Yeah, Matt, boy, Matt is so powerful. I heard him speak over the weekend. Um, He's just a take-no-prisoners guy. The more I hear him, the more I respect him, honestly. Uh, But I I just want to say this to to all of you. Um, uh, Besides the videos, I want to say a word to you that I think is really important. One of the reasons, of course, that they thought that Thursday... Uh, March, whatever it was, the 4th or 3rd, was going to be such a big day is because uh, a lot of you have been hearing the same thing. You've been hearing that President Trump is going to uh, come in and be, you know, uh, take over the presidency. I think it was on March the 4th, Thursday. <clears throat> and uh, I don't know where that's coming from. Uh, some people say it's coming from QAnon. I know lots of you look at QAnon. I honestly have never, I don't really know. I'm sure I've read things that are... QAnon based without knowing it, uh, and I don't think it's just QAnon though, because someone else sent me uh, something. Someone key, uh, Washington Central, uh, what are you saying? What do you think about this? And I'm not going to even tell you what was in it uh, because it's so um, it's just, it was it was so damaging to to some people. And my immediate response was, this sounds just like the dossier. It sounds like the same language. It's against President Trump. It sounds like the same language, the same approach. I just see the marks of it. And so we did a little investigation. And another person who is involved and has great credentials in national security and former CIA operative said, this is coming uh, from a group of people that are providing disinformation to Trump supporters uh, to really make them look foolish. Now, listen to me. I 
I don't know who QAnon is, and I don't know enough about it to say to you that that's happening. But I will tell you this. I'm seeing lots of false information uh, that people are believing. And I would also include in that the broad swath of the so-called prophets uh, who are persuading people to believe things that I don't believe are true. Now, um, here's the deal. I don't criticize anyone who has embraced this stuff and believed it because right now the truth is as crazy as any kind of theory someone might put out there. The truth is just mind-boggling. You can't even follow all of it. Uh, And so um, it's a very dangerous time because you don't know what to believe. Okay, so here's the deal. As God gives me strength, I'm going to try to tell you what I know is true. I'm I'm not the final arbiter, but I'm telling you, I I mean, I'm in a position to know some things that some of you might not be in a position to know. I will tell you, uh, I will do my best to tell you what's true and what isn't true. It is not true. It never was true that President Trump was going to come in and take back the presidency. Who told you that? And what kind of, who would do that? What is the point of that? Uh, And the people that are so-called prophets, I've said this to you before. It makes some of you very angry, but you have to listen to me. As a Christian, you uh, you cannot look to someone who makes any mistakes. If they're claiming to be a prophet from God, they never, ever, ever get it wrong. God doesn't make mistakes, and if he's really speaking through people, they don't make mistakes either. Their counsel should be rejected. Their word should be rejected. It doesn't mean that everything they've said is false, but it means that I would not listen to them anymore. It's like having a pastor who preaches, you know, like 75% of what he preaches is from the word, but the other 25% is something that's slightly off. You don't want that. You want someone you can trust. So just there are sources. I, I should make a whole list here. I'll just rattle a few off. I think the Epoch Times has become a very trustworthy source. I think Maria Bartiromo on Sunday Morning Futures is a very trustworthy source. I think Breitbart is a trustworthy source. But the only way you can get Breitbart, you cannot Google and find any article from Breitbart. I think 98% of their traffic has been blocked. If you're looking for something from Breitbart, go to their website. Go to Breitbart.com and look there to see what you see. Otherwise, you're not going to find anything. Um, uh, there are other sources, but that's, a, that's my quick, that's my quick uh, counsel to you. And uh, please, uh, those of you that are into QAnon, uh, same thing. If they are wrong, uh, whoever this is, whoever say, if he's wrong about these major things, it's not a trustworthy source. Uh, My impression is that uh, they claim to have inside knowledge. I was reading this thing that came across that someone sent me was about, again, this is the theme I'm hearing. I I am not an expert on this, but I'm hearing there are a lot of themes about pedophilia running rampant, which I believe it is. I think that, you know, pedophilia, I I know this for a fact because I want to counter my comment with for you because I want you to understand where I'm coming from on this. Uh, the, the colleges and universities, many of the think, uh, thinkers, <laughs> have been pushing to legalize pedophilia for a long time. They haven't been so noisy about it, but they're getting bolder. And uh, pedophilia is a serious problem. But I think that it's, um, it's, uh, um, 
it's gotten very sloppy the way it's being applied. And it's being used as a broad smear against lots of famous people. And I don't, I don't think it's true in many of these instances. Just by the, this piece that I read was just, it was just like the dossier. It was so outrageous. And you think I don't believe outrageous things or that I don't know. I'll tell you one in just a second if I don't run out of time here. Uh, but uh, I'm telling you, don't take that stuff at face value. Be careful what you believe. Um, and that doesn't mean just go neutral and don't pay, but search, you know, search a little harder for what, what, what we can trust, okay? So, uh, okay, enough about that. Um, oh, you remember I had Andy No on uh, last, a couple of weeks ago. Andy is the uh, author of that uh, complete book. on It's um, Unmask, Inside Antifa's Radical Plan to Destroy Democracy. Andy is a gay Vietnamese reporter. A very unusual guy. We had a really interesting exchange. I asked him about his past, his family, and uh, they came over with the boat people. Uh, it was just a, I thought, I really enjoyed my time with him. And uh, he's come out with this book. He, he's put his life at risk. He's been beaten nearly to death by Antifa, but he's doubled down. You talk about courage. You talk about courage. Uh, and so um, just as an aside, this I don't know who Mumford and Sons are. Maybe some of you do. It's a musical group, and their banjoist just basically congratulated Andy for this book and for his uh, for his bravery. And so the uh, you know the Twitter mob came after him, the cancel culture with a vengeance, uh, demanding that Mumford and Sons uh, uh, fire the banjoist, get rid of him. Uh, you know the usual stuff, foul, vulgar stuff that they do on Twitter. You know, it's funny because. I don't even know how long I've been on Twitter, but if you were to read my poor husband in the past has read my, when I was more actively involved on Twitter, my Twitter feed, they would say things I'd never in my life, I thought I knew every, you know, pretty much every perverse thing. And they would say the most horrendous, the most foul, vulgar, from the pit of hell stuff you can imagine. And uh, even my husband, his ears blew back a bit. And this is what you get uh, when you, when you speak for the truth. But you know what? Uh, Who cares? Who cares? I stopped. I just don't. I just stopped reading them at some point. It's like, what? I don't care. You're not. You're not going to intimidate me. You are. This is like a demon from hell, and I know who I serve, and uh, I don't fear you. So I'm not listening to that, taking it in, and I hope Andy doesn't do that as well. But people, you know, people get scared when they hear that stuff. They're scared to death of tweets. I'm not sure what they're going to do when the bullets start coming, but they are scared to death of tweets right now. All right, I want to tell you. Speaking of a story that's kind of it's not bizarre. I guess this is plain old, plain old perversion. I guess I'll put it that way. Just you know, run of the mill perversion to me. Um, Judge Merrick Garland is being considered for Attorney General, and I, I have not yet gotten into his the details of his record with you, just because of all the other things swallowing the time up. But Merrick Garland is moderate, like Joe Biden is a moderate. In other words, he is not a moderate at all. And uh, his record is actually quite appalling. I don't have time to align that out right now, but we are now learning something new about him. Mike Davis, who is a a former Senate staffer and is really on the forefront in D.C. of following things in the Senate, I'll just leave it at that. Um, He tweeted this, Democrats torpedoed the nomination of Ryan Bounds, 
President Trump's judicial nominee for an Oregon-based seat on the Ninth Circuit based upon his college writings. Judge Garland's college writings, laughing about rape, are much, much worse. So it's come to the fore, and this is an article by Breitbart that Merrick Garland wrote a review of a musical at his uh, when he was at Harvard uh, that uh, one of the songs in the musical was a song about rape. And Merrick Garland basically wrote that song about military rape was hilarious. Now Breitbart pens the words to that. I'm not going to read them to you. Uh, the song's lyricist was Tom Jones. Uh, he changed the song in 2006 uh, when the play was revived, but this happened uh, in the 70s. And uh, Merrick Garland thought that that song about rape was just hilarious, and he writes that whole review about that. That's a problem in this culture. That's a huge problem. When people are being um, fired and singled out and men are being accused of sexual harassment, some of it is on the spectrum of you know of flirting or inappropriate remarks, this is pretty egregious, and uh, this, the uh, Republican senators are asking – the Democrats truncated Merrick Garland's hearing in the, the committee, the Judiciary Committee. Uh, they did not follow the rules, and they got him out before uh, – so there's supposed to be a 28-day period between the committee receiving his questionnaire and the start of the confirmation hearing, and they, they, did, not, uh, they did not follow those rules. Does that surprise you? It might surprise you. This guy wants to be Attorney General of the United States, and he thought that that song about military rape was hilarious. I think that's going to be a pretty troubling piece of information for the American public, given the sensitivity now uh, to how men are treating women. It's not okay in this day and age for a man to think rape is funny. Uh, And so that, along with his very uh, liberal record as a judge, which, you know, no one ever told us. They kept telling us over and over again, he's such a moderate uh, Merrick Garland, Garland is a is a moderate, like Joe Biden. Joe Biden's just that nice guy with that big smile. He's just a just a moderate, just a moderate who is embracing the changes that may very likely be the end of this great country that we know. And he wants an attorney general who may help him do the very thing. The Justice Department under uh, Joe Biden is already becoming an arm of punishment. Uh, for uh, regular Americans. And I think uh, it's the beginning, you know, we're on the front end of this administration. It's the beginning. If Kamala Harris takes over, it'll just be a continuation of the same, except she'll be able to uh, have comprehension and not just be reading cards. Okay, so that's uh, that's the news. You're going to be hearing about the Merrick Garland things, I think, as the day goes on. I want to talk to you about courage when I come back. It's a sermon that I heard yesterday. It was very moving to me. So stay tuned. Sandy Rios in the morning. Airing the Addisons. Project Lincoln is a Republican outfit that hates Trump. But they are saying that they are going to go after other Republicans who favor Trump and track them. And they're going to keep the world up to date on where these people are so that they never work in this country again. Airing the Addisons. Weekday afternoons at 2 Central on AFR. If you miss it, catch the podcast anytime at AFR.net. Hello, I'm Franklin Graham. Right now, our country is in trouble, and people are scared, people are afraid, and we see the violence and the injustices that are taking place. Only God can change this. Uh, This is a problem of the human heart. If you'd like to pray with someone, call us any time of the day or night at 888-388-2683. 888-388-2683. 
888-288-2683. Call that number right now. We've got someone who will pray with you, talk with you, and encourage you. God bless. What would it take for you to compromise your principles? My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Recently, I heard a statement that went like this. I don't think principles matter if you can't get elected. Principles form the core of who you are. Principles form the foundation of a civil society. George Washington, in his farewell address, identified religion and morality as indispensable supports. In vain would that man claim the tribute of patriotism who should labor to subvert these great pillars of human happiness, George Washington said. It makes me think of a scripture. What would it profit a man to gain the whole world yet lose his soul? What would it profit a candidate to gain an election but lose his principles? Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Brian Fisher here with the Life and Liberty Minute. House Democrats just passed H.R. 1, a bill grossly misnamed as the For the People Act. It has nothing to do with the people. It has everything to do with guaranteeing permanent Democrat majorities forever. This 800-page monstrosity would end voter ID for in-person voting or voting by absentee ballot where the bulk of voter fraud occurs and overruling laws in 36 states in the process. It would legalize unlimited third-party ballot harvesting, allowing widespread fraud in assisted living homes. It would give felons an automatic right to vote when their sentence is up and would require every state to register 16-year-olds even though they're not even eligible to vote. If you want to see free and fair elections, this bill must be destroyed in the Senate or regressives will run America until the end of time. Catch Brian Fisher on Focal Point, weekday afternoons at 105 Central on American Family Radio. This is Frank Affney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Keith Ellison is the Attorney General of Minnesota. He is also a socialist with extensive ties to the Muslim Brotherhood. That background intensifies concerns that General Ellison may have invited a wave of violence in his own state and possibly across the country at the hands of other radical leftists. Ellison appears to have overcharged Derek Chauvin, the former police officer accused of murdering George Floyd. If so, Chauvin may be acquitted providing a pretext to groups like Black Lives Matter and Antifa to renew their violent rampages. If things go bad, federal help may not be in the often, given Joe Biden's past refusal to condemn such revolutionary activity and Kamala Harris's professed solidarity with its perpetrators. With the FBI evidently fixated on a purported domestic terrorism threat from Trump supporters, America may be in for unchecked and widespread mayhem. This is Frank Gaffney. Andy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Now, you just said something very important that you believe they are using this to get data and information and cell phones from lawmakers. What can you tell us? The FBI used a geofencing tool to be able to strip data out of a particular location during the Capitol breach. That poll included records from members of Congress, records that showed no connection to the rioters in any type of direction or communication. Uh, but if members of Congress, if the legislative branch of government can be swept into a massive collection effort by political actors at the FBI and Department of Justice, 
justice, just imagine what they can do to regular Americans that they want to target for their politics. So it's, you know, Donald Trump one day, members of Congress the next, but it won't be long before the FBI becomes more and more like every other agency of government, targeting their opponents, helping their friends. And we have to point out, Maria, that you've got Hunter Biden's lawyer's law partner, who is now leading the criminal division in the United States Department of Justice. It should remove any sense of objectivity or credibility to the work that they're doing. And speaking of no credibility, Nancy Pelosi has appointed General Honore to conduct a security review. That would be like having Governor Andrew Cuomo do your sexual harassment policy review. This guy has already called for uh, Lauren Boebert to be on a no-fly list, for Josh Hawley to be disbarred. This is not how due process works in our country. You start with the facts and then allow that to drive the investigation. You don't start with your desired political outcome and then try to reverse engineer fact gathering. Matt Gates again with Maria Bartiroma on Sunny Sunday Morning Futures. Um, a couple of things. It came to my attention over the weekend that um, our guys on Capitol Hill, our champions like Matt and others, the Freedom Caucus and other people, and I, this doesn't mean all of them because I have what I know, uh, but many of them are really struggling right now. Because keep in mind, they are isolated. No one can come into the Capitol with that, you know, East German fence surrounding them and the guards and the barbed wire and the National Guard troops who are likely certainly not against them, but, you know, commissioned by the, uh, the, uh, the, the little dictatoress, uh, dictatress, what should I call her, Nancy Pelosi, who's running the show, um, they People cannot come in and out of the Capitol. They are isolated in their offices. They can't convene in groups. Uh, they, they, it's, a, it's very hard in D.C. to find any place that you can meet. And so there's probably a lot of Zooming, a lot of conference calls. Uh, so, um, And Nancy Pelosi has turned her guns, as you know, against the congressmen, uh, accusing them of uh, co- cooperating with the mag those insurrectionists that armed insurrection not but the lying uh that's the lying title the armed insurrection of the capital and now examining phone records uh, and really and finding them if they don't go through that metal detector the metal detector is they have to go through that every time they enter the floor to take a vote it's not the entrance to the capital and so, and she's targeting and calling out, they're calling out the Democrats, you know, rabidly, because they are really like rabid dogs to me, calling out uh, their opposition and accusing them of uh, dangerous deeds. And it's getting uh, some people like Louis Gohmert, and there's another congressman too, are being fined. They're taking it out of their pay uh, because they won't go through those metal detectors to get onto the floor to vote. Uh, so uh, they're in- inferring that, you know, that they're dangerous. And so there's a lot of um, trepidation, probably fear, isolation. Uh, it just occurred to me that our congressmen are no different than our children in schools, our families, friends who have been isolated for a year in most of the country, depression, um it's actually you you get a little unstable when you're isolated because you need the input of people to to create normalcy so uh it's courage uh that uh these guys and women need i'm sure lots of them have it but they need our prayers i'm mentioning it to you now because i'm asking you to pray for them 
uh, they want to do what's right. I know they do, and yet they feel isolated and alone. And uh, just as, um, you know, the mental health of our, you know, our whole country is has really been so adversely affected by these shutdowns and the isolation, and the left is making the most of it. They're making the most of it. So I heard a message yesterday on, on courage, and this, of course, would apply to all of you uh, who are, you know, even if it would apply to all of you, because the nation is getting ready to go through some very difficult times. It hasn't touched most of us yet, but it will. And so we all need courage, don't we? Uh, I, and our leaders need courage, and our pastors need courage. And that brings me to what I want to share with you. Um, this Pat, uh, See, I'm, I'm really parroting his sermon, okay? So these are just notes I took. Uh, he quoted Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who was a... Um, dissenter during the Soviet Union, the years of the Soviet Union. And he observed when he was writing, I believe it was in the 70s and 80s, as I recall, famous writer, intellectual, that he had, de- he had um, observed a decline in courage in the Western world. And he said, when courage leaves a country or a people, that is the beginning of a, that's just the beginning of the end for them when courage declines, and he said he was observing it in every area. The pastor yesterday said he is seeing a decline in courage in the churches. And I'm reading again from his words, if you have a coward in the pulpit, you have cowards in the pews. Revival is what we need in the church and awakening in the nation. Courage is not optional. It's part of Scripture to be bold and courageous. It's not an option. He said, we must emulate the courage of the believers in the first century. Uh, In Acts, he talks about how in every chapter of Acts, there's almost every single chapter, I think he said every chapter, there is someone who is showing incredible courage. You remember that verse? I think I read it to you recently. I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me, but it was basically... The, they were uh, Paul and others were arrested. Peter, I guess, and others were arrested, uh, and uh, they were instructed not to speak. Uh, don't you dare speak about this Jesus again. Don't you? You can go, but don't you speak about that. And they said in return, "We must obey God rather than man." Uh, and uh, it took. And then they 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 showed their their fear. They showed their fear in other passages where they said, Oh, now, Lord, they went into this incredible prayer when they were united with the rest of the brethren. Uh, What should we do? What shall we do? Give us courage. Help us. It reminds me so much of our times right now. Uh, But they did what was right, and they showed courage. They did not take the easy way. Um, And so this the pastor yesterday talked about Jesus himself. And how he struggled in Matthew 26 and Gethsemane, knowing that he was going to the cross. Remember that he sweat so much it was like drops of blood. And he said, my soul is sorrowful even unto death. So much grief and worry and distress about what's about to happen to me because he was God. He knew exactly what was about to happen to him in the flesh. Asking, but he said, nevertheless, not my will. He said, if it's possible, take this from me. Nevertheless, uh, not my will, but yours. And so the pastor said, courage is not the absence of anxiety and fear. It wasn't absent in Jesus. But of course, 
Courage passes past that stuff, past the fear and the anxiety and the worry. It passes through it and does the right thing. Um, And this is a quote he gave from C.S. Lewis. Courage isn't just one of the virtues. It is the essence of every single virtue. It is that moment when that particular virtue is tested and you come out shining. You do that thing to illustrate you actually do believe what you say you believe, that you have that virtue. It is actually not just words. It's a part of you. Um, courage defined the vitality of the early church. Uh, Acts 4, 19 through 20. I think that may be the scripture that I was trying to quote, but I don't. I just have the reference, not the not the actual verse in front of me. Um, and the sources of courage. If the first source of courage is God's presence with you. And if you go through the Old Testament, there's this phrase: "God is with us." God is with us. And if you are in a room or a place or on a stage or any place where you are feeling uh, any kind of fear or worry, Uh, maybe the grocery store with everyone masked and yelling at you, I don't know. Uh, But if God is with you, no matter where you are, you are the majority in that place. You are the majority when God is with you. Spurgeon wrote, Divine companionship was the source of the disciples' courage. Divine companionship was the source of the disciples' courage. They were with God, and God was with them. That was the source of their courage. Uh, He talked about Joshua, how Moses and God both tell Joshua that God will be with you. Go forth. Don't be afraid. God will be with you. God will be with you. God is with you. God will be with you. Do not be afraid. It's over and over again in Deuteronomy 6 and Joshua 1. Uh, God will be with you. God is with you. Uh, Be of courage. God is with you. Courage is a command. It's not a suggestion. Courage is a command. It's not a suggestion. Uh, The Acts 1-8, which is one of my favorite verses, but you will, will receive power after that the Holy Spirit is come upon you. You will receive power. Have you experienced that power? Man, I'm telling you that when God comes in your life and you are yielded to him, that's why I always say, I've said for years, and this is, not, this is scriptural, there's nothing God cannot do through a righteous person. When his power comes upon you, there is nothing you cannot do. Nothing, nothing. But you will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Uh, And his quote was that um, puny, we now have um, an abundance or maybe an overwhelming amount of puny, powerless churches and pastors. We need some prophets to fill the pulpit. Now, I don't think he's talking about the prophets that we discussed earlier necessarily with some prophetic word, but prophet also means to proclaim, to tell forth the word of God, to preach the good news, to talk about the times and how the word applies to the times. A prophet is one who speaks with the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't need puny, powerless churches and pastors. 
And then he said, when we have great courage, we have great faith. That's a quote by John MacArthur. When we have great courage, we have great faith. And he also referenced this I never ever thought of or saw. In Revelation 21.8, which is, of course, a story about the end, a story, it's a book about the, the, what's coming in the end. The disciples were always asking Jesus, tell us about the end. What about the end? Well, Revelation is our, you know, our, our primer. It's our glimpse into what is going to happen. Uh, however cryptically it's written or meta- metaphorical, and sometimes I think not just so meta- metaphorical, it's, a, it's an amazing book. But in Revelation 21.8, it talks about the people who will not be in heaven. It lists them. The people, oh, not their names, but their characteristics. And guess which quality is first on the list of people who will not be in heaven? The cowardly. The cowardly will not be in heaven. Joshua 1.6 says, be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. Courage isn't just about us. Courage is about allowing God to work through us so that that courage can spill over to all the people in your lives, people who are watching you in ways you, your children, your neighbors, people you don't even know who are watching you. And they're watching, and courage is contagious. You are acting, you are embracing courage, deciding to do whatever it is in that moment, in spite of the risks, in spite of what you fear, you're going to do it anyway. And as a result of that, God uses you in ways you cannot even imagine. And uh, that's my word for today. I thought it was a pretty good one. It's not mine. It was the pastor that I heard yesterday morning. And I just wanted to share that with you. So go forth. Be of good courage because God is with you. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.